Hey team, welcome to episode 90 of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. Among the 202,000 dentists working in dentistry as of 2022, 36% or so are female, according to the ADA. And more specifically, for the 2022 graduating class of dental students, 52.9% of them were female. While this was a traditionally male-dominated industry, there are now more women than ever entering the field. However, there's still some hesitancy among women about becoming a practice owner, and the number of women owners are less than those graduating. So in today's episode, we wanted to help paint a different picture and to talk about some of the concerns we hear from women dentists and practice owners and provide some words of empowerment and encouragement. To help me out today, we have Kane Waters and Associates financial planner, Angie Sweetak, who has the pleasure and opportunity to work with many female practice owners. Angie is a CPA, an investment advisor rep, and a member of the Leadership Frisco Advisory Council and Texas Society of CPAs. She is also an incredible mother, a strong female leader, an advocate for her clients, and I'm lucky enough to call her my friend. Welcome, Angie. Thank you, Christy. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Oh, me too. Um, we love Charles, but you know, some some extra estrogen in the house is always a little bit fun. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so you have a unique perspective. Like, tell me a little bit about your client base. How many clients do you have? And give the listeners who may not be familiar with kind of your everyday role, just like, what do you do? Sure. So I have about, I work with about 90 clients across the country, uh, dentist owners, several, several, several of which are females and climbing. You know, it is an area of dentistry that continues to grow as well as just female involvement. And I think that you're seeing that across all industries across the country. Just unfortunately in the past, females have been faced with the decision where they feel like they have to choose between careers versus staying at home. And so fortunately, now we are seeing a shift in that and that there is a little bit more of that empowerment. Uh, Those that are more driven in nature and want to be more involved on the professional side of things are starting to see that there are more choices and options, which is very encouraging. I 100% agree. And and I think that that dynamic and that shift over time has probably created like two different sets of female owners, right? Do you see a difference in your younger kind of new fresh practice owners versus those who have maybe been in business a long time, you know, kind of are more established in their career and have kind of maybe were the trailblazers of ownership and their time? Absolutely. So I think some of it comes down to just confidence, right? Like just being younger in general, you haven't had enough life experiences per se to be confident enough in some of your decisions that you're making. And so whether you're a new dentist in general versus a new business owner, you're still going to have a little bit of that lack of confidence, whether it's on the clinical side and still learning the procedures and getting things done right versus am I making the best decisions as a business owner? Unfortunately, you're a small business owner when you own that practice, but nobody has given you the tools, the education behind being a business owner. And so there's a lot of challenges that come with that along with doubt on am I making the right decisions? What am I doing? How do I do this? How do I navigate this new path while still coming across as a leader within my own practice, yet in the back of my brain, I have no idea what I'm doing. Don't we feel like that all the time? Like, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. I think that also because historically it's been a more male-dominated industry, and if I think about my 100% sales, right, which is, you know, if I'm a young female coming out, I'm going to buy a practice, there's a 
big chance I'm buying my practice from a male who has owned that practice for 20 to 30 years. And I think that's another hurdle that young owners and young females face as they look at the male established top of their game, you know, kind of in charge leader, and they don't see themselves being able to replace that. And what I often say, and I'm sure you'll agree, is like, you don't have to replace that person. You don't have to be the man, even though you are the man, uh, you have to be your own person and be your own leader. And I think it's so interesting that the majority of the workforce in dental practices is female. And so really we have this opportunity to be a female leader with a female staff and like really kind of relate to them. And uh, some of the most successful practices I have seen are women who own, who understand the struggles of women who are also trying to balance all the same things, you know, as employees of practices. I think that's a huge hurdle. And so I I love the confidence answer that you just shared. You know, you have a client base, like you said, 90 people who kind of rely on you. That's a big number. And they come in annually for consults and calls and tax returns and all the things that you're helping kind of manage for them. You know, what is your biggest struggle with, you know, if we're talking about this on a personal level, because we're all females and we all are kind of trying to navigate the same struggles. What's your biggest struggle with having a successful career? as like a mom and wife and friend. For sure. So I think, you know, just as females in general, we put a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves to be everything to all people all the time. (laughs) No. (laughs) And honestly, it's just not possible, Mm -hmm. right? So when you do that, you really are just setting yourself up for failure, Mm -hmm. which then only exacerbates the issue and just makes you feel that much worse. Yep. Another glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) So I think a lot of that really just comes down to what is most important to you or to me and each individual person. Some of us are going to have different priorities and what's more important for us when it comes to our family, our friends. But I always tell people, you know, if you can't take care of yourself, then you also can't take care of others. Mm -hmm. So some of it does come down to just self-care. You do have to balance and manage that and add that in where you can. And then some of it is what's your priorities? So if it's more important to you to be at your child's baseball game or soccer practice or gymnastics and swim lessons, all the things, schedule it out. That's 100%. If it is not on my calendar, it is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so as much as you can manage your own schedule, just like we do with our own clients, that is instrumental to being a business owner is to carve out the things that are most important to you. And also not to try to give into some of those social pressures of I have to be at everything or I have to do all of the things or my kids valentines need to be instagram worthy i mean <laughs> i know what, what's more wrong with the, like, power to you cards. if you can do that i cannot yeah. one i'm not crafty and two i just don't have the time but honestly at least for me like i know personally uh my child is not going to remember if i attended every valentine's day class party but they will remember if i'm on my phone the whole time while i'm spending time with them so to me it's about being present whether that's for 15 minutes or for an hour it's making sure that that time that you have dedicated to other people your family your kids or whatever it is that's most important to you that you try to be present during that time. Yeah, man, I agree. <laughs> From a practice owner standpoint, I mean, as a female owner, your clients that are female, what do you see them doing probably unless they're part of a partnership and even then they're responsible for the patients and the staff and the back end administrative work. What are they doing and how are they balancing this, you know, schedule wise or their spouse is really involved? Like how do you see them helping and managing this? Because we know they're dealing with this too. That is 100% a work in progress and definitely a topic in just about every consult. Um, We wear a lot of hats in the consult room, including therapist and counselor. (laughs) And that is definitely a 
a topic that comes up on a regular basis, and certainly tears are usually part of the process, which is completely normal, right? So I think what I would say is for all of you females out there, like understanding that you're not alone and that you have peers and people to support you. So leaning on other female business owners or other working moms that are professionals that can understand the challenges that you're facing and just having a sounding board. Because sometimes, again, going back to just, we put a lot of that pressure on ourselves. Sometimes if you can just talk through it with another trusted person that is going through similar challenges, just to know that you're not crazy or you're not alone can make a world of difference in just your own mental and emotional health and kind of going through these things. But from a like physically speaking, how all of this works, yes. The more support that you can have is obviously instrumental and then creating boundaries, right? So some of it does go back to scheduling and making sure, okay, your team knows that I have a hard stop at X time so that I can now transition to being mom or wife or friend and not so much on the practice. You know, having a spouse that can assist with some of the management responsibilities or, you know, a lot of females now are saying, I don't wanna own a practice by myself. That's too much responsibility and I want to be able to have the flexibility to maybe do more with my family or spend more time with others, go take more vacations and not worry about the practice being closed. And so a lot of that you're seeing the direction is females wanting to be in practice and partner with other females so that they have kind of a built-in support system within their practice as well. Yeah, I think that's really important and understanding that, hey, you are a practice owner, right? And that like comparison that we all do to Instagram or other colleagues or other women, you have the ability as a practice owner to build what you want. And if that means that you want to pick your kids up three days a week, or you want to take a two week vacation with your husband, or you know, you're really in a pickleball. And so on Wednesday afternoons, you have a team, you go, whatever your thing is, you have a business that you can actually construct and plan to help meet all of your goals, right? Clearly, if you are a certain specialist or you're in a certain area, it's not like you can open two days a week and be successful. I mean, you're going to have to balance that and you probably want to. You're an owner and you have a drive and that's why you are where you are. But you also have the ability to not have to be the, hey, I'm open Monday through Thursday, eight to six, because that's what I think is the standard and that's what I have to do. If that doesn't work for you, pick something else. Well, that brings up a really good point because I think it's important to understand that success looks different for different people, right? Like what is important and what success, the definition of that per se for each individual person is going to be different. Some people are going to look at success and saying, hey, I've built this practice. This is how profitable I am. This is how much in production and collections that I have each month, each given year, et cetera. Other people look at success in terms of, I own a very successful practice, but I balance that and could I earn more financially? Yes, but I choose not to because I, these other areas of my life are important and I want to have that balance. And so I think it's just important to understand that there's no right or wrong, but it's listening to yourself and understanding what's important to you and then working with people and surrounding yourself with others that can help support you and lift you up through that process. They really say comparison is the thief of joy and I say that to myself at least <laughs> once a day. 
other than family matters, and I know we're both moms, and so we're both kind of like that's kind of where our focus, other than like people are like, what do you do outside of work? And I'm like, kids? I mean, I don't know. Like, what else is there to do? I'm hoping to find one of those hobbies some of you have in pickleball or something one day. But until then, other than family matters, right, what are some other issues that maybe you see women facing that maybe our male counterparts are not so much struggling with at the moment? Yes. So I think along with that kind of comes certain personalities can come out when you're a business owner. And a lot of times we're we're needing to be more of that stronger personality, higher level of self-confidence. Along with that, sometimes can be construed as negative by other people when you are a driven Uh, Mm -hmm. maybe stronger, more candid, direct personality. And unfortunately, in our society, sometimes that personality, like I said, can be perceived as negative from a female versus the same personality Mm -hmm. wouldn't be looked at the same way if you were a male. You know, she's so emotional. (laughs) Like, she really got angry about that, where, you know, maybe a male might just be like, oh, it's, they're super direct. Like, great. That really good leadership it what it is yeah. right yeah. and so right or wrong like it is what it is it's out there and it's something that we do have to deal with and navigate through those challenges and so some of it I think is just kind of just being aware it is what it is. It's out there. And while we're continuing to try to make strides to overcome that gender bias, if you will, it's still present. And so we do need to be mindful of it. Now, that doesn't mean change who you are, right? But being aware that maybe you may need to soften the approach at certain times when necessary. But again, balance, right? You still have a team to lead. If you're looked at as too soft, your team's going to run all over you. Yeah. But if you're too strong, then that also can have the counter effect as well as name calling behind the back or all the things. Um, So I think it's just kind of being aware that it is out there. It does exist. And we just need to be mindful of it. Yeah. And I think that it's important if you're listening and you're a male, we love you. Like we are (laughs) like, you guys are amazing. And sometimes some of this comes from other females, right? And other women as well. And, And so I think that, you know, as far as we are away from women barefoot in the kitchen, sometimes that's kind of the, you know, we're expected to be the mom of the year and bring the cookies and also show up in the boardroom and like I read some meme the other day that said that we're probably this generation right and I'm not millennials or kind of this modern generation of women have a lot of pressures because we're taught to be leaders and we have the all these amazing opportunities to be leaders but we're also all still trying to kind of make sure we fulfill like our role as a woman historically which has been kind of laid out for us so I think that that's a challenge and kind of like you said that lack of confidence and just that lack of ability to move forward and ability to be kind of real strong when it's not maybe in our nature to be that and not having all of the examples that are out there to kind of be able to mimic. I mean, I talk to all people all day and I'm so impressed with some of the young women that I'm speaking with who are thoughtful and driven and motivated and kind of want to do all the things and and be all of the things. And I'm just hopeful that that continues and that as they begin to navigate this practice ownership journey, they they think of these things, right? And they understand they can do it because that's the most important thing is have that confidence that they can do it. For sure. And kind of going back to the earlier comment that you made about, you know, taking over and purchasing other practices, maybe that were owned by a male for decades prior. Mm-hmm. 
it's just important to just be you, right? You're not coming in to replace per se that person and be version 2.0, right? Own who you are and what you bring to the table and the rest will follow suit. That confidence level, it does need to be there, but it also does take time to navigate through and to really be comfortable and in your own skin. And sometimes that just comes with time. Yep. And being relatable. I mean, and this is true for females or males, right? Like you're going to be a leader, but being a leader doesn't mean you just come in and are like have to be super strong and like lay down the rules and like you want to be relatable. You're a human. You're managing humans. That relationship and them seeing you in that way and being authentic, I think also adds a level of trust, especially if you're purchasing a new practice and trying to like gain that relationship. Relationship and trust, if you have that, it makes leadership much easier because then you can say the hard thing and the other side of the table knows that you care about them and that you want to build that relationship and you're really trying to do what's best for the practice. Authenticity is huge. I mean, people can tell when you are being genuine versus going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that as females, we have a little bit of an advantage there just because we have a little bit of a softer side. And so when you're talking to whether it's patients or your team or referring doctors or anyone else, being your true authentic self and just showing your genuine nature will go so far in your career because people want to do business with people they like. Yep. Right? Like the trust factor comes with the quality of the clinical care, but ultimately the initial kind of contact and how the relationships are built is based on, do I like you? Yeah. (laughs) Are you a good human? Right? Can we just be good people? So start with that, own who you are, be authentic and genuine, and a lot of the rest of it will follow. Yep. A hundred percent. So I feel like we've touched on so many great points today. You know, if you had to say, if you were talking to, you know, a group of female residents or female dental students or, you know, associates who weren't owners, and you had to kind of lay out some advice for them about practice ownership and kind of why they should do it and what they should think about if they're kind of starting down that path, what would that be? You know, I think really it comes down to don't feel like you have to limit your options. As we see it in, you know, in our own industry here, where people feel like they need to choose. I have to choose between either having a successful career and profession or being a stay-at-home mom or focusing a little bit more on my family. And it'll work itself out, right? Like there are so many avenues and options for ownership and being able to do things within the dental profession and owning a practice. Like don't limit yourself because of fear that either you're not going to be enough or I can't have that balance or I feel like I have to choose. Like there are so many different ways to strive structure, ownership of a practice, bringing people in to support you, and then surround yourself with other people that are like-minded in yourself because they're really going to be the most instrumental people as you move forward through your career to help one, just kind of emotional and mental support and continue to uplift each other because as females, that's probably the best thing that we can do is really to be there to support each other and continue to lift each other along the way. I love that. And I think too, to add to that, I think that when we think about ownership and these young females kind of coming out of programs or they're in their first few years of associateship, you guys do everything at the same time. Like these kids, <laughs> you ladies come out, you're probably getting married, you're having your first kid, you're having, maybe you've already had children in residency, you are buying homes. Like, you know, you guys have spent so much time working to get where you are. You kind of just are like one 
want to start living life, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay, right? Like go and do those things, get the associateship, focus, you know, for a bit on personally, where do I want to be and, and meeting some of these personal milestones that maybe you've pushed back because you were in school and kind of getting where you needed to professionally and know that that is not like the end of the road. I think that's really important because I think you and I do this all the time. Like I'm here and I'm always going to be here and I can't go anywhere else and I'm stuck. You're not right. Like there's so many more options ahead and being able to say, Hey, this is what I'm going to focus on right now. And ultimately I want to own and I'm going to keep my eye out, keep being educated, surrounding myself with people who know more than I know about various topics. And then if you're a new practice owner, I think it's really important to, you know, Charles and I have said this a million times, like hire people that are better at certain things than you are, right? Like if you are not great at payroll and financials and admin, make sure you have a super strong office manager, right? If you haven't balanced your checkbook and don't know what's in your savings account, hire yourself an Angie. Okay. Right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The same can be said at home, right? Like it's where do I want to spend my time and energy if I'm Uh, trying to gain balance? Well, I'm sorry, but it's worth it for me to pay somebody to clean my house so that I can use that time to then spend with my family and my kids. Yeah. Instacart. Mm-hmm. Groceries. Yes. All the Don't things. Don't need to be spending so time at the grocery store. Anything that you can outsource, if that's an option for you, and it's something that you're wanting to do, and it allows you time that's freed up to then be spent either with family or in your practice, because those are more important to you, like, by all means, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Angie, I know your time's valuable, and I'm so happy you chose to spend this last few minutes with us. Appreciate you being here, and just thanks so much for your guidance for your clients and for your expertise here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. All right, team, that's all we have for today. Thanks to Angie Spitak of Kane Waters & Associates for joining us on episode 90 of Transition Talk. If you're a female or male listening here, I hope you enjoyed Angie's perspective and understand that you can do it. As always, make sure to share the transition love with those who may not know of us yet. And of course, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time.